Welcome to Meditative Dialogues uh, from Angel Wing. This is Sachin Karnik. Uh, our continuation on the uh, dialogues regarding divinity uh, has five parts. This is actually uh, the fourth recording that I'm making here simply because uh, somehow Zoom did not save the fourth part adequately. So I'm going to fill in that part with some comments uh, just from my perspective here and some uh, background just for additional contemplation for those who are interested in this. So first of all, the concept of divinity has been around for thousands of years and has taken many forms throughout history. Right, So the concept has been developed over time. It exists in every culture, and it's been around for thousands of years. In some religions, it takes the form of one deity or multiple deities with distinct personalities and roles. Right, So to understand that, uh, various religions have the concept of God or a deity of some sort. And th that deity performs a role, it has a function, it is a creator, it is a destroyer, it is a sustainer, it is uh, existence, it is the infinite, however it may be conceptualized. And in other traditions, and in some traditions, maybe most of them in some form or other, uh, divinity may exist as an abstract principle or just as energy. Right? Some abstract principle would be something like consciousness. In some sense, although we may not think of it as abstract, but it could be presented that way, well, there is something that is consciousness, something that is the substratum of reality, more philosophical, more abstract. It can be considered as an abstract principle or just energy that exists. We already know that energy exists, and some people, uh, some cultures believe, some philosophers, religious people, and neuroscientists, or even others, they may uh, equate uh, what we consider divinity or what may be called divinity as just you know infinite energy. Some cultures believe that multiple gods govern different aspects of life such as war, love, fertility, etc. While others view divinity as singularly powerful yet unknowable entity with absolute authority over all things. Right. So this is another way to think about divinity. Uh, that some cultures believe that multiple gods, which is polytheism, governs many aspects of life. Many different types of experiences we have in our material life are governed by, are governed by multiplicity of gods. So this is a polytheistic idea. And then while other cultures view divinity or the divine as a singularly powerful authority, as an entity or a being that governs everything, but it is not known directly through the mind. It is unknowable in that sense but uh, it may be knowable through like revelation or something like that. Now, in monotheistic faiths, such as Christianity and Islam, divinity is typically seen as an omnipotent creator God who creates the entire universe out of nothingness. You know, again, there's a lot of philosophy behind this, but Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, these are the Abrahamic religions, uh, and they are monotheistic, that they believe in one singular omnipotent God. So the, as a creator God. So this figure or this God figure is usually believed to have unlimited power to intervene in earthly affairs and reveal divine messages through prophets or other chosen messengers, um, messengers uh, such as Jesus Christ in Christianity or Muhammad in Islam. Now, of course, I think um, in Christianity, uh, Jesus is not seen as a messenger necessarily. He's seen as a manifestation of God himself in, in, in most uh, Christians' mind, I think. Uh, in, Mus in the Muslim tradition, uh, Jesus is seen as a prophet. Again, there's a lot of detail about that. I won't go into all that here. 
but the simple point is that this God figure, this God, the one omnipotent God, is seen is believed to have unlimited power to intervene in our worldly affairs, our earthly affairs. Uh, and, re- and the revelation of that divine being uh, is through divine messages that are given through prophets or like the Son of God, which would be Je- uh, Jesus or another manifestation like that in Christianity. right? And in Judaism, there's a whole range of prophets like Muhammad, like uh, Moses, Moses, etc. So these faiths, meaning the Abrahamic traditions, the monotheistic faiths, also teach that this God deity, this God deity rewards human beings on their faithfulness and punishes those who disobey its laws. So this is like a basic idea that exists, and you can you know kind of debate that also. Belief in this ultimate power provides adherence with um, assurance of justice after death. You know, so th- this notion of ju- justice and judgment after death is there in these in all three traditions, I believe, uh, and. This occurs, you know, when individuals after after death, they stand before God for judgments. Now, there are polytheistic traditions. So, for example, Hinduism kind of started out in a polytheistic way. Then it went into more of a monotheistic way. Then, it, then it's gone into more monistic way. There's different ways that Hinduism is, is talked about. But in, in many ways, there are many deities in the Hindu tradition. So you could think of it as polytheistic, but in reality, it is not polytheistic. It is monotheistic or even monistic, or there's other forms, other ways of thinking about that ultimate reality, which is just which is one. So in many polytheistic traditions, like Shintoism or some aspects of Hinduism, divinities are uh, numerous, but each one tends to have their own unique aspect or purpose, which contributes to the to the general whole within the cosmos. You know, so for example, Shiva may represent the destructive aspect uh, of the universal function, while Vishnu uh, symbolizes the sustenance or the protection aspect. Likewise, certain spirits are set to control natural forces, such as rivers and whatnot, while others guard special places like mountains or shrines from impurities or evil spirits or demonical figures, things like that. So there's a, you know, there's a whole polytheistic way of thinking about divinity. That's the general idea here. Uh, although, uh, although I would put the caveat that Hinduism, it may look very polytheistic. If you go deeper into it, it's really much more monotheistic or even monistic. <coughs> or what we would say, non-dual consciousness. Now, um, having said that, let's continue forward to understand this a bit further. No matter what form they take, a single godlike figure, uh, whatever they, they may be, you know, several deities associated with specific functions or even abstract principles like truth. Some people, you know, we can say that uh, God is truth or consciousness is truth. All forms of such divinity share one common element, and that is the respect for its power among believers. You know, so those who believe in uh, all of these uh, ways of thinking about the divine, there's respect for the deity, respect for the power of that divinity among the believers who seek solace in its protection against suffering caused by mortality or injustice for humans, you know, from human sources. So just, there's injustices in life, there's mortality, there's all kinds of problems in life to seek protection. This is there, and there's a lot of psychology in this also. There's a psychological way to think of religion. All right. Now, although it cannot be proven empirically and thus accepted uh, only on faith, that uh, believing in some higher power than oneself helps one provide meaning 
to life struggles, right? So when we start believing in a higher power, that provides meaning. It provides stability. It provides meaning to life struggles by connecting back to a larger cosmic plan beyond our limited understanding. This is the key. We have a certain amount of understanding, but that understanding is limited. So what through faith, through devotion, through uh, a, a revelation in the scriptures or by the gurus or by the sages or saints or whoever has, is bringing this knowledge to us or this truth to us, uh, then faith in that uh, brings us, it takes us beyond our limited, under, uh, limited understanding and it allows us to deal with life's struggles by connecting back to a larger cosmic plan. So this is why beliefs in some forms of divinity exist today. So there's you know, many different ways that the divine is conceptualized, even among those who don't practice a particular religion or adhere to a specific faith. You know, there's many people who say that they're spiritual or they might even be religious, but they may not adhere to a specific pre-established faith. The notion that's, that, that something greater than ourselves exists and that its power grants us guidance and purpose can provide comfort amidst uncertainty and help us make decisions guided by an overriding moral code, right? So to understand that point more clearly, the first point there is that there is something much bigger than us, something much greater than us. And that we can even see that in many ways when we look at the universe and look at the stars and we, are, we naturally are awed by that. Like, my God, how did all this infinite uh, creation come about, right? So there is something much bigger than our limited personal being. So that's one point. And then that, that power, and we can call that God or the divine, that power grants us guidance and purpose. Now, where is that guidance and purpose? That guidance and purpose, if you consider the revelations in the scriptures, whether they're the biblical script, uh, scriptures, the 66 books in the Bible, and there's some additional ones also, <laughs> or if you look at the hundreds of scriptures in the Hindu tradition or the Buddhist scriptures, whatever it might be, uh, the, the Quran also is there. All of these provide a certain type of guidance. They also provide a guidance in terms of also awakening a purpose in life. Like what is the purpose of this life? And they would say that to connect with the divine, that would be the biggest purpose. Uh, and they also provide a lot of comfort. The more psychological aspect is to provide comfort amidst the fact that things are so uncertain in life. So that's another aspect to all of this that is very, very practical and applicable that the uncertainty that we are faced with the uh, uh, finitude, uncertainty, transitoriness of life, all of that uh, is uh, better uh, handled psychologically by faith in God, faith in the higher truths. And uh, this type of faith or belief in the divine uh, helps us make decisions uh, by uh, giving... Um, by the divine, through the prophets or the scriptures or through the sages, by various moral codes. The morality and ethics is also part of this guiding us in terms of what we ought to do in life. So in essence, divinity serves as a source of hope for believers. And that's an important point. You know, that when we uh, have hope, we are filled with a better quality energy. Uh, and that helps uh, our mind evolve a bit further and it takes us out of the uh, turmoils within the mind and the body and life in general. So divinity serves as a source of hope for believers that there is something beyond this world and this limited life. And through faith, it brings all of us closer to an understanding of the mysteries of life. So this is a, 
very, very uh, a critical uh, thing to keep in mind. Life is very mysterious. But the belief in God, the exploration of what is the divine, uh, helps us unfold those mysteries. So in summary, we could say, divinity holds both spiritual and practical significance for humans who seek meaning in life's complexities. You know, we all want meaning. Life lived without meaning has no purpose. It, it will be a depressed life. It will be a futile life. It will be a life without any meaningful activity. Each person needs to have meaning. So when, we, when a person is exploring the divine and is perhaps if they're in a religious tradition or a meditative or spiritual tradition, then they're practicing various kinds of uh, devotional practices. That provides a lot of meaning because it allows us to deal with life's complexities on life's terms. You know, by having an anchor to something much greater than uh, just our normal uh, self-centered type of life. So through divine knowledge, we gain insight into the world's greatest purpose. Now, what is this divine knowledge? That's a matter of debate, obviously. Uh, but we would have to go through the scriptures uh, in all traditions uh, and, then, and then decide for ourselves, is that knowledge that is much beyond simply the empirical knowledge of the sciences or the social sciences, right? So that, is, that would be considered to be divine knowledge. And through that, if we, through, through its contemplation, the unraveling of the greater purpose of existence itself can occur and faith can also evolve. So faith in its power, meaning faith has a lot of power. In the Sanskrit language, the word is Shraddha, S-H-R-A-D-D-H-A, and in English we call that faith. So faith has a great deal of tremendous power. And in that power, there is the possibility of finding solace, finding comfort, finding stability, particularly in times of pain, suffering, and uncertainty. Now, having said that, divinity thus is a source of eternal guidance and hope for those who believe. You know, again, based on the belief, based on the tradition, one has to see this for themselves. In our Angel Wing program, we're not trying to promote or criticize any tradition. We are just trying to here present what is divinity. You know, and Sachin here is trying to do that from, from my own perspective here. Uh, because in the dialogues we've had so far, we had five dialogues on this, and a lot of ideas were presented, so you can listen to that. But this is just my like a, like ex-tempo commentary a little bit uh, on, on this subject, and you are all welcome to provide such a commentary from your perspective, and we'll, uh, we will keep that uh, in our records if, if you want that. Right? So divinity is definitely a source of tremendous guidance, eternal guidance, based on, for example, if you look at the Bible, this has been around for 2,000 plus years. If you look at the Upanishads from the Indian tradition, it's been around for at least 5,000 years, more than that. You know, so uh, it, it has guided humanity for, gen for hundreds of generations. So there's, divinity is a source of eternal guidance, uh, and, and it is also a source for hope, for hope and the good possibilities uh, in life. And so it's a nice way to develop hope. You know, it is a connection. Divinity is a connection to something beyond our limited understanding. No matter what form it takes, divinity remains an integral part of many people's lives and offers a unique set of values. You know, so when we consider that there's a lot of values that, that it provides and that it helps us to shape beliefs and decisions. That's another point, that our beliefs and decisions have a foundation. So whatever we consider to be the divine, that will 
create beliefs and it will guide our decisions in very interesting ways. So to each his own, we have to look at that carefully. So by embracing divinity, if you are so in inclined, again, I'm not promoting or criticizing it, but those who embrace divinity as a source of peace, uh, understanding and strength, it, is, it, it, it can provide a great deal of psychological strength to navigate through life's complexities. You know, but to navigate how? Through, with grace and with courage. Complexities of life are there, so many but with stability, with a great sense of grace, and with tremendous courage. What does that give us? It gives us the ability to navigate, navigate through the complexity. So ultimately, div divinity provides us with insight into the divine order of the universe. And that's the questions of epistemology and ontology and philosophy. It gives us an insight. If we go into the scriptures of the world, deeper and deeper insights come from within us, <laughs> about the about the order of the universe, about the way the universe functions, why it functions the way it does, what is the role of, of, of energy, what is the role of consciousness, how does our mind work, all these things can all be th thought about in terms of divine order, you know, that, that there's a greater, higher intelligence at work, and that empowers each person to find a great deal of meaning amidst apparent and, and just chaotic type of situation. So there's a lot of chaos in life, but we can find meaning through that. So this is my a brief uh, commentary on divinity. Uh, please do visit us at theangelwing.com. And for further information, if you want to get in touch with me, Sachin, my phone number is 302-268-4480. You may also contact Angelwing uh, via the Angelwing email uh, or contact us uh, in other ways if you want through the website. All right, so thank you for your attention and uh, wish you all well. Thank you. Mm -hmm.